Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate you guys spending your Thursday morning with us, and the celebration may still be going on almost in Washington, D.C. over another wild seventh inning that propelled the Washington Nationals to a road title in the World Series last night in Houston. It was a wild game, a wild series where all seven games were won by the road team, and as a result... What an incredible win for the Washington Nationals who brought a World Series championship to Washington, D.C. for the first time since 1924. If you went to bed before this game ended last night, here are a couple of the plays that you missed in the seventh inning in a question that will be uh, debated and, uh, and, and frankly questioned and uh, and and lamented for years and years to come for Houston Astro fans. Zach Greinke was on fire, had only given up, uh, I guess, two hits in seven and a third innings. He, watched, he walks Juan Soto. The decision is made to bring in a relief pitcher. First batter is up, and this is what it sounded like. Outside target, Chirinos, the pitch. Swing a line drive, slice down the right field line toward the corner. Springer back, looking up, and this one is gone. It hits the foul pole, and the Nationals lead. Howie Kendrick has done it again. A slicing two-run homer off the right field foul pole. Do you believe it, Howie Kendrick? Part two. Nationals three and the Astros two. They are jumping up and down in the Nationals dugout, waiting to greet Howie Kendrick. As Howie Kendrick has provided his signature moment in the World Series. Amazing. Howie Kendrick, of course, with the walk-off in Game 5 against the Dodgers. And if you were watching that uh, that home run, I mean, it was it almost felt like a tee shot uh, that you see coming out of, the, uh, out of the tee box. And you wonder whether or not it's going to stay in play or not as it's rapidly sort of tailing off to uh, slicing off to the right. And, I mean, it literally hit the foul pole uh, to give the Washington Nationals a 3-2 to two lead. And, again, the decision that will be debated for a long time, and, frankly, there probably won't be very many people on the side of, yeah, it was the right choice. Given how good Zach Gr- Grinke was playing, did it make sense 
at all to ever pull him out. And that is why, uh, among many other plays down the stretch, beginning with that decision, everything that A.J. Hinch, the manager of the Houston Astros, did turned out to be a disaster, starting with that uh, eighth-inning decision to remove Grinky. Uh, so that is how the Washington Nationals took the lead. And then in the wake of uh, taking the 3-2 lead, they then blew the game open in, uh, in, in, in gold fashion here, continuing to pummel the relief pitchers. And this is what the final out sounded like on the Washington Nationals radio network. As Hudson tries to close it out, it'll be another 3-2 pitch to Michael Brantley. Hudson sets. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the world champions! The Nationals celebrate just behind the pitcher's mound! A world championship, Curly W is in the books. The Nationals down to nothing, six unanswered runs. They beat the Astros six to two. They are the world champions of baseball. Unbelievable. It truly is unbelievable because they had to come back in the play-in game against the Milwaukee Brewers, which feels ages ago. That's an elimination game. They then had to win two elimination games against the Dodgers, Game 4 and Game 5, the latter of which was on the road. They then had to win two straight elimination games in the World Series on the road in Houston, where the Astros had been almost unbeatable at home in order to capture their first-ever World Series title, an improbable and exhilarating run if you are a Washington National fan. All right. Uh, We've got the NFL returning. We'll get to that in a little bit. We've got a loaded show in general, but I wanted to make sure that you guys knew about news that probably a lot of you are waking up to and you have no clue about, and that is that Steph Curry has broken a bone in his hand. Unclear how long he is going to be out, but last night the Warriors lost to the Suns. The Warriors have been a disaster to start this year. Uh, without Klay Thompson, without Kevin Durant. Here's what's happened to the Warriors since June. Kevin Durant got hurt. Klay Thompson gets hurt. Kevin Durant leaves. Andre Iguodala leaves. Sean Livingston retires. And now Steph Curry has broken a bone in his hand, and it's unclear how long he's going to be out. Here is Steve Kerr talking about that injury that happened late last night and a lot of you are waking up to this morning. We're just trying to find our footing, and uh, obviously this puts us in a in a tough spot. So we'll uh, we'll assess it and we'll go from there. It's also a tough spot for the NBA. Uh, obviously, it's only October, but as bad as the Golden State Warriors have been to start this season, and again they're one and three. If Steph Curry is out multiple weeks, effectively the Warriors almost enter tank mode. Uh, I, I don't know why you would even attempt to make the playoffs at this point. Clay Thompson will be back. I mean, that's the saving grace, but there's no reason for him to rush his way back either. And if the Warriors are going to start off with a ton of losses in the October and November portion of their schedule, why in the world would they make the decision to really aggressively try and make the playoffs as opposed to just going ahead and tanking, getting a really good draft pick, and uh, hoping that you can come back next year and be a contender uh, for the championship. That that would be my thought in an early read on that decision-making. Okay, uh, let me go ahead and bring in the crew and talk about the World Series game that happened last night and see uh, what the big takeaway was. Danny G, you watched it on your PlayStation View, uh, uh, the cable satellite service there, which will only exist for a little while longer. But that was an exhilarating game, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was uh, the seventh inning was a holy crap moment when that home run happened, when Grinky gets pulled out. I mean, that's the question that will be debated for a long time. And honestly, nobody's going to take the side of you should have pulled him now with the result. But that was a disaster, right? Because the Juan Soto walk is probably 
what made the decision happen. I know that you had the uh, Rendon uh, home run that made it a 2-1 game. Uh, and as Grinky was going through the lineup for the third time, but he had been downright dominant. It stinks for him, uh, certainly, to lose Game 7 in any way, but to lose Game 7 when he pitched as well as he did is particularly jarring. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Dodgers World Series game that I got to attend last year where Rich Hill pitched a, a, a incredible game, and then, of course, Roberts pulled him Everybody in the stadium was screaming, no, leave them in longer. And the Dodgers bullpen went in and imploded. Yeah. And the Red Sox came all the way back and won that game and went on to win the World Series, obviously. That's what Astro fans are feeling waking up. And on the internet, uh, and Twitter blew up last night, and I, know I saw you tweeting about it. Everybody started to immediately compare A.J. Hinch to Dave Roberts. There were the memes of the Spider-Man, the same two Spider-Mans pointing at yes. each other and uh, the two clowns next to each other saying that it was Dave Roberts instructing uh, Hinch on how to manage the bullpen. So, yeah, Astro fans get to have a feeling of what it's like to have a Dave Roberts managing your bullpen. I would have kept Granky, and I'm not just saying this in hindsight because as the game was going on, yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, because as soon as I saw Harris getting ready to come in, I'm like, this is bad news because I felt like the Nationals were kind of licking their chops waiting to get to that bullpen. So as soon as Granky got the standing ovation from the crowd and was walking away, I was like, this is not good news for the Astros. Well, it's also crazy because Garrett Cole was warming up, and yeah. Cole is now an unrestricted free agent. That might be the last time that he ever plays for the Astros at all. And if you're going to pull out Grinky, uh, I think a lot of people, Astros fans, other casual baseball fans, would say, why in the world would you not go ahead and bring in Garrett Cole? And, and frankly, if you're going to pull Grinky, and I know you don't know that he's going to give up the home run, you don't necessarily know that he's going to walk uh, Juan Soto, but why not go ahead and pull him at the end of an inning before he starts to face everybody for the first third time and go ahead and hand the ball to Garrett Cole, see if he can get you the eighth inning, and then you've got the ability to go to your closer in the ninth inning. Again, hindsight is always twenty twenty when it comes to how you make a decision on who to pitch, uh, but I think bringing in a guy who gave up a home run yesterday doesn't make a lot of sense uh, in this context anyway. And so uh, as a result, Washington Nationals take advantage of it. And that home run, down the right field foul line is pretty off iconic already yeah. off the pole. It's pretty wild. I mean, if the, if that had been, let's say, 10 more feet down the right field uh, line in terms of the, the distance for a home run down the right field line, I think that probably misses the foul pole and continues to, uh, to tail away uh, to the right side. Pretty incredible way to win it on a walk-off. And I think they said... That's the first time since 1979. It's amazing the stats they keep in baseball. It's the first time since 1979 that a home run in the World Series in Game 7 has given a team the lead. Uh, I think they said it happened only four times, but to uh, to do it in the uh, top of the seventh inning was when the Nationals made their move in both Game 6 and uh, Game 7. All right, uh, what about you, Dub? You're watching this game. What in the world? I mean, it was a pretty exhilarating game, right? Oh, absolutely. And in terms of the decision to pull Grinky, I was on the over. So I was very, very happy when they pulled Grinky, which kind of gives you a sense of, you know, if I'm an Astros fan, if I'm playing right. for the Astros, that's you not just, what you, you want. You need something to change, honestly. That, and I think that's what Nats fans had to be thinking, too. The uncertainty of a reliever is better than the certainty of the way that Grinky was dealing. Yeah, absolutely. And here's some here's a stat for you for, for Anthony Rendon. His plate appearances in the seventh inning or later in the five elimination games this postseason. Yeah. Walk, double, home run, double, home run, double, home run. That's getting it done in the clutch. Anthony Rendon came up big again last night when it, when it mattered the absolute most. No doubt at all. Uh, Eddie Garcia, were you questioning in real time the decision to pull Zach Grinke in the way that, that happened in this game? Yeah, and I, I don't think, if I missed it, I apologize. I don't think anyone has mentioned he only had thrown 80 pitches yeah, that's at a the great time. Point. No, so that's a, that's it, a big it wasn't too. like he was on fumes and, and just running on empty. He still had plenty left in the tank, I think. 
And you're going to a bullpen that is, you know, I mean, they're not bringing in any dominant arms. Uh, and then you had, you know, Garrett Cole was available. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a poor choice to take Grinky out of the game at that point anyway. Roberto, uh, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna take out Granky in that situation, I think you gotta right there. You gotta bring in your closer Osuna, or you gotta bring in uh, you, you gotta bring in Cole. You gotta go out with with your better top relievers instead. Yeah, of, I think instead that's of the Harris. Thing. I think that's the thing that a lot of people said. If you're gonna, it's it's Game Seven of the World Series. You have in theory five outs left to get. Why not bring in the arms that give you the absolute best chance to uh, to, to get that uh, to get that five to get those five outs. And instead, the Astros are going to be lamenting that end-of-game scenario for a long time to come. Players, fans, management, everybody. Uh, okay, let's go back around the horn again with this Steph Curry news. And by the way, we're going to talk uh, with uh, our guy, uh, Dr. Chow, uh, later on in the program today. So maybe we'll be able to get a read from him on how long Steph Curry might be out but at this point in time, let's presume that he's going to be out for weeks because at minimum, the question, by the way, will be with that hand, a broken bone in his hand, do they need to have surgery to, uh, to repair things or are they going to allow it to heal naturally? Either way, we're talking about him being out for weeks. That's Steph Curry. The Warriors, I know it's early. Uh, and by the way, happy Halloween to everybody out there. I know it's early. But it feels like the Warriors are effectively almost in tank mode already. Is that's not a crazy idea, is it, uh, Danny G? Don't you think when you look at the one and three start and presume the difficulty that the Warriors are going to have going forward without Steph Curry, it's almost to the point where making the playoffs and trying to make a run at the end of the year and maybe holding out hope Clay Thompson was going to come back is officially out the window. And now the question is, do you just go ahead and acknowledge this season's a disaster? hope for a best possible draft pick, and move on thinking about next season. Yeah, it's been a disaster debuting their new arena there in San Francisco so far. You know, they stumbled out of the gates with Curry, so now without Curry, there's going to be more blowouts. And you're right, at this point, you're wondering if they are just going to wind up finishing last. And it wouldn't be such a bad thing for them because obviously they need some uh, some more power on their lineup, you have a couple of really good teams that they have to look up at, including the Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. And you saw the Utah Jazz beat the Clippers last night. Now, that was without Kawhi because he's already, believe it or not, in load management. Yeah, and look, this is a big issue for the NBA, whether people want to acknowledge it or not. This was a nationally televised game, and I know most people were paying attention last night to the World Series over certainly anything that was going on in the NBA regular season. But I believe this game was on ESPN, if I'm not it was, mistaken. Yeah. yeah, I watched some of it. I was flipping back and forth during commercials. And when they announced at the beginning of the game that Kawhi was out because of load management, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. We're five games into the NBA yeah. season. but And look, it's a and, nationally televised yes. game, which is what Adam Silver has been talking about. And look, I don't begrudge any – players or teams from resting their guys. I mean, that is something that I think is completely been validated by the way that the Raptors finished the season last year. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was fresh and he could put that team on his back. And that's what you want if you're a Clippers fan or if you're a fan of any NBA team is when the postseason comes around, which lasts forever in the NBA, you want your guys to be able to carry the load of the postseason. But this is a major indictment of an 82-game regular season and also of the idea that I should be paying attention to any of these early season games when star players are already sitting out major nationally televised broadcasts. I don't know what the overall impact is, but I would bet, I'm sure Danny G, you were, this, this certainly makes a sense to you too, that the amount of interest that viewership has when a guy like Kawhi sits out, I would think that impacts overall the number of people that are watching the game. It really does. And then the other question I have is the early injuries with a lot of players, including Anthony Davis, because I didn't even mention the Lakers at the top of that division with the Clippers. Anthony Davis has looked amazing so far, but he had a hurt thumb last week. Now he has a hurt shoulder. Yeah. We just started the season. It is a lot. It's such a long season. It's a grind. And then when we get to the playoffs, you got to wonder who's healthy. 
Kawhi, you remember, he he had a lot of load management last season, but he was still injured in the postseason. Yeah, look, my argument has been knock out 20 games and start the season on Christmas. I'm all in favor of that. If you played, you know, 62 instead of 82, uh, I think there would be a lot more intensity in the 62 games. I think the guys would commit more. They'd have a longer offseason, so they'd be healthier. And people would be able to know, hey, Christmas Day is when the NBA kicks off. They own that day. You get ready for it. You're excited for it, as opposed to October and November when you're competing with football and, frankly, baseball as well. Not very many people in the grand scheme of things are paying attention yeah. to what you are doing. Oh, and by the way, the Spurs are undefeated. I mean, I know it's early in it's the October. season. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, that's how top-loaded the West is. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer. 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We're joined now. Uh, appreciate all of you spending your Thursday with us. Happy Halloween. A uh, couple of big stories, obviously, that are out there. Uh, the Nationals winning Game 7. We're about to be joined by John Morosi to discuss the World Series title for uh, the Washington Nationals. But Steph Curry breaking a bone in his hand, likely to be out substantial amounts of time, potentially weeks. Uh, and the Golden State Warriors now sitting at 1-3. and three. Are they officially in tank mode? We will discuss all of that and more as the show progresses. But first, we bring in John Morosi. Last night, the Washington Nationals stormed back in the seventh inning. They only had one hit entering that inning, and Zach Grinke had been on absolute fire. He uh, gives up a home run to Rendon, who'd been incredible in uh, inning seven and beyond. Then he walks Juan Soto, uh, gets pulled, and everything falls apart from there. Uh, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But what were you thinking in real time, John Morosi, when uh, AJ Hinch made the decision to pull Zach Greinke? Well, good morning, Clay. I think to me, the way I look at it is this: if AJ Hinch was going to pull Greinke at that stage, where his pitch count was at a very manageable point. AJ had to have the belief that that Grinke's stuff, whenever it was going to go, was going to go quickly, and, and perhaps in AJ's opinion, it, it already had gone uh, at that point in time uh, when when Grinke gave up the, the homer and the walk. But I, I think in retrospect, to me, Clay, the the decision to pull Grinke is certainly much more second guessable than not bringing in Garrett Cole. I know there's been a lot of talk. Uh, since last night, why didn't we see Garrett Cole in the game? Fair question, but to me, Cole was not going to come in in the middle of an inning. It's hard to to put a starter in the middle of an inning uh, when he hasn't done it all season and expect him to have success. Harris, on the other hand, Will Harris has been so good for them all year long. Uh, that has been his role exactly the role that that uh, that Granke would have uh, ceded to him there in that spot to, to, to get him out of a jam and, and to work his way out of that inning. So to me, Clay, I, I think that you can certainly have a, a, a second guess. I personally was not in that moment. I, I, I was watching it saying, well, Granke has gotten them into the seventh inning and Harris is their guy. I, I was not second-guessing A.J. in that moment, uh, and I really don't think that that would have been a spot for Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole to me, should have started an inning. You could have argued maybe he starts the eighth or ninth. But the reality there is, as well, the Astros did not score after that point in the ball game, and uh, it, they really had a hard time getting the offense going late in that Game 7 loss. How stunning was this series outcome overall to you that you would have seven straight games won by the road team? I know that baseball isn't necessarily basketball where everybody sits directly on top of you. But the purpose of the regular season is, in theory, to have a Game 7 at home uh, like the Houston Astros did. And to have all seven of these games, the home crowd, not have any impact at all is pretty stunning. It is. And, and it tells you, Clay, that, that to your point, in, in this sport, uh, so much of it is decided on however your pitcher is doing that particular day. Uh, that, that seems to be, I, I've recalled some of the, some of the biggest Game 7s uh, and, and, and biggest games I've covered have been won by the road team, and that's that to me is is the unique part about baseball that, that it's dictated so much by by just the quality of the pitching and the quality of the execution. And sometimes, Clay, I I've often believed this in baseball, for hitters, it can be easier to calm yourself down and have patient at bats when you're on the road, because you're, especially in October, because you don't have the urgency. Of, of trying to um, propel your, your team to a championship in front of your home fans, and your home fans are just yearning for that hit. And so often in postseason baseball, as was the case really for the Astros for a lot of last night, your inability to get the big hit is what often will do you in. And the Astros just won for eight 
with men in scoring position, 10 runners stranded. That decided the game as much as anything else. The inability to add on to the early lead for Houston uh, with Max Scherzer in trouble, going in the situation where he was not fully healthy, obviously, um, after having the neck issue that required the cortisone shot. That was a beleaguered Max Scherzer, and the Astros simply were not able to break through and have better success early in the ballgame, and that is why I believe the Nationals won the series. And, and, uh, and, and of course, the, the fact that it's never happened before in baseball history where a home team uh, has lost every single game in a World Series just tells you how unique uh, this World Series has been. We're talking to John Morosi, Major League Baseball insider, FS1, Fox Sports. Uh, he comes on with us weekly during baseball season. Five times the Nationals won elimination games in this postseason. They won the wild card play-in game against the Brewers. They won two against the Dodgers, including that walk-off uh, in the extra innings, uh, near walk-off. Obviously, the Dodgers got to bat uh, at the end of the game and then uh, two on the road against the Astros. You picked the Nationals to win the World Series, I believe, when the playoffs started, so props to you on that. But how stunning not just is the fact that they won it, but how they won it. Well, great, great point. I should clarify. I, I did still keep the Astros as my pick when the playoffs began, so I was I, w- I was wrong by a game uh, at, at, the, at the end uh, there last night. But uh, I, I did believe the Nationals had the chance to, to really make a lot of noise in these playoffs, and um, and and to me, it's an incredible story for them. Uh, you think about Strasburg in particular, someone who. I know we've talked about in the past and and the, uh, the going all all the way back to the shutdown seven years ago and was that the right decision and and was that still haunting the franchise all these years later uh, for Strasburg to be named World Series Most Valuable Player as the Nationals uh, uh, bring the World Series championship back to the nation's capital for the first time in 95 years, which is just remarkable to say that. Uh, and, and the numbers that he put up, he ranks second now all-time, Clay, in ERA among starting pitchers who have made at least eight playoff starts. It, it is an incredible run that he's put together. And, and the Nationals just, it was not one way they built their club. They, they have, yes, a lot of experience, as was noted on the broadcast last night, oldest team in baseball. So a lot of experience, I think, is one defining characteristic of this team. But it's been a very collective effort, and I really think that it's difficult to separate that statement from also acknowledging that Bryce Harper isn't there anymore. And they had to build a different club in some respects without Bryce, but they trusted their young outfielders and even their veteran in Adam Eaton. If they were going to bring back Bryce Harper, it would have been to the – reduction in playing time for Soto, Robles, or Eaton, and all of them played key roles in this World Series, most especially Soto and Eaton. So um, it really has been an amazing uh, team to put it together. Of course, the, the winning pitcher last night, Patrick Corbin, a free agent last winter, signed by the Nationals, a great job by them uh, to bring him in. So there's just a lot of really unique stories as the Nationals went along that added up to uh, a triumph that was 95 years in the making in our nation's capital. Of course, missing baseball for those three decades, but a pretty unique story, Clay, for the Nationals to win it all. How good is Juan Soto going to be? To me, Clay, he's got all of his Hall of Fame ability. Hall of Fame ability for him. His, uh, his balance, the power, the swagger that he plays with. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot in these playoffs about how young he is, uh, and he is. He reminds me of, of, of you know, not, of course, the same batting stance, but he reminds me of, of a young Miguel Cabrera, just in terms of his, uh, his approach, his confidence, his just uncanny bat-to-ball skills. I mean, this is, Clay, a special, special hitter uh, with, with, with confidence and coordination and, and all the things you look for in a young hitter, but also patience. He was taking some close pitches. Uh, all playoffs long, and uh, you saw some, some borderline pitches going his way as the playoffs wore on, including yesterday. And and for a, a rookie to get some of those calls, it's pretty pretty incredible. So he he deserves to me every every bit of uh, credit there is to give him. And uh, he is someone who are second year player, of course, he was a rookie in, in 2018. Uh, just he is his incredible calm and poise at the plate 
remarkable, and I hope that we're going to be watching him here in the playoffs for many, many years to come. How do you think Bryce Harper reacts to the Nationals run the year after he leaves? Do you think he was rooting against the Nationals last night? He probably wouldn't say it publicly, never will, uh, but do you think he wanted the Astros to win this game? Right. Well, he'll he'll probably, Clay, I I believe we'll we'll see maybe a a, a very cleverly uh, framed – Tweet perhaps, and then followed by by the ad campaign to kind of get himself back in there uh, and, and maybe set things right and, and rectify them. It was pointed out last night on social media by more than one um, uh, skilled observer that, of course, uh, Harper at his introductory press conference had misspoken and said uh, we want to bring a title back to D.C. Uh, before he said bring a, bring a title back to Philly. Yeah. So he had to, so actually he was right. He had it right the first time. Uh, the, the the title was going back to DC, uh, and, and the, the thing about it, Clay, and, and why this is so fascinating, the whole decision. You look at it a year later, he's going to have to to visit that ballpark three times a year and play that team eighteen times a year. Yeah, and he's going to be reminded of it all the time. So for baseball, it, it's actually a very interesting and, and useful foil to begin the year. But for Harper, a very difficult way to go through the offseason. And unless he writes a very different script, uh, much more so on the field than in some sort of ad campaign, he's going to, I think, be dealing with a lot of really disappointing um, thoughts and remembrances every time he goes back into that stadium there in Washington, D.C. We're talking to John Morosi. You can follow him on Twitter, J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. All right, I think this actually worked to baseball's favor at least in the short term, in terms of drawing an interest in Game 7. But we haven't asked you what you thought about the call in Game 6 in the seventh inning uh, on the, uh, the, the the runner being called out for, I believe ultimately the call was interfering with the throw, uh, according to Joe Torrey. Was that the right call? Is that one that should be made at any game in, in Major League Baseball, but particularly in Game uh, 6 of the World Series, uh, given the way it played out? Well, to me, Clay, it was it was the right call uh, because one of the one of the key distinctions of 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 that rule is the runner does not necessarily have to contact the fielder for him to have interfered with his process of of fielding the ball, and and so when you look at that replay, he's the, the, by rule he has to be in that retaining line for the second half of the distance between. Uh, home and first. That's that's part of the rules. We could argue if there should be a uh, a different rule, or in fact, a second base at first. The the, the two base solution that is very common in, in little league. Uh, it actually rhetorically, Clay, while it's it sort of <laughs> offends the eye a little bit. There's there's a there's a reason why that makes sense, which is that the the baseline that you're supposed to be running in is entirely in foul territory. Yeah. So unless you want to constantly force the runner going to first base, which of course has been the case for many, many years, to then take a final step out of his baseline to get into fair territory and touch first base, why not just have a second base there and let the runner just stay in foul territory and go straight down the line and touch the base? It, it's, it, it sort of offends the eye. Again, it kind of makes it a rectangular base at first instead of a square one, but in terms of a, a fair running line, it actually makes some sense. So we'll see how baseball reviews it. Uh, I, I, I do think, though, that, that the game benefits when the runner has a clear path and the fielder doesn't worry about um, an injury or reaching back into the runner. It just it's, it makes for a cleaner play and, and an easier one for the umpire to adjudicate. So it, it'll be interesting, Clay, but I'm sure that uh, as the, uh, the GMs meet here next week, Coming up, uh, there'll be a lot of conversation there about if there should be a rule change at first base. Outstanding stuff as always. Last question for you. How much did you enjoy Michigan's beatdown of Notre Dame? So I, I enjoyed it, Clay. I, I was there. Uh, I enjoyed it for a half, I, I will admit fully. And you were there uh, in the rain. Yeah, it was it was an interesting atmosphere, one that we're always going to remember uh, just based on the, the conditions of the day. Um, I, they're a fun team, Clay, to talk about because – you could argue and say, well, if, if they execute a little bit better against Penn State, uh, a penalty here or there, or a, a missed catch, obviously, here or there against Penn State, 
they're, they're a one-loss team, and they're probably ranked about eighth or ninth in the country. But you could also say that they very easily could have lost to Iowa and were about a foot away from losing to Army. So they could very easily be a four-loss team right now. So they're, they're, they are on the cusp of being a, a really nationally elite team. They're, on the, they're not there. They're not there. But they're on the cusp. And if they find a way to beat Ohio State and Michigan State, then they're probably in a New Year's Six bowl game, and it's a pretty good year even with, with two losses. But uh, to me, the biggest tests are to come, and if, if they are not competitive against Ohio State, hard to say it's a successful year for Michigan. Good stuff as always. John Morosi, go follow him on uh, Twitter, J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. Good stuff. Appreciate it, man. Sounds great, Clay. We'll stay in touch in the wintertime, my friend. Call me anytime you want to talk a little Big Ten, little Big Ten hoops, whatever it is, or baseball offseason, my friend. Always look forward to it. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, John Morosi, as baseball season finishes off. Uh... Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. All right, it is Halloween. A lot of you, no matter where you are across the nation, there you are, Michael Myers music coming in in the background. Halloween, one of the best holidays, if not the best holiday for pure fun that exists in this country. Interesting debate we could have about the most pure fun holiday. And also, there we go. It also factors in what age you are, right? Because Christmas is tough to beat when you're a kid or when you got young kids. But if you're an adult or if you're a kid, a lot of kids driving into school this morning excited about being able to trick or treat later tonight. What candy is the one that you are most excited to pull out of the Halloween collection? If you are a parent, as many parents will, or a grandparent, get kid comes home with that big pile of candy, what do you paw through and find yourself grabbing as your first round draft pick of Halloween candy? We try to do it every year. See who's rising and falling on the draft board. The Halloween candy draft is here, people. 877-996-6369. We will let you weigh in. The rules are simple. Once a candy is taken, you cannot draft it anymore. I, as the runner of the show, as the focal point of the show, always get to draft first and... I'm going to stick with my tried and true. The best candy in America, in my opinion, is the peanut M&M. This is the yellow package, not the brown package of M&M, not the traditional M&M, the peanut M&M. I don't know when the peanut M&M debuted on the scene. 1941. It's been around for that long? Yep. When did the original M&M debut? I'll have to look that one up. Uh, I didn't know they'd been around since World War II. Well, the peanut M&M is impossible to beat. It has been my number one draft pick for years. It remains my number one draft pick. Uh, All in on the peanut M&M. First round, first pick. Danny G, you get the second pick on the Halloween candy draft. What are you taking? I'm going to say, because peanut M&M's is my go-to as well. Oh, so especially you would have so you, you tried, yeah. tried to trade up and take <laughs> peanut M&M's if you could have. My GM would have been on the phone with yours. Yeah. So, second, it's a tough one, but it's got to be. Do you want to trade back? No, 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 no. Because I like being in the number two spot, I think, even though you stole my number one round draft pick. I'm going to go with the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Solid. That's a very solid selection. Yeah, that, if I can't have peanut M&Ms, and like you, I have coached youth sports. Yeah. And this is a great time of the year because the kids on your team all come around with their ba- big bags of candy, their loot. Give up the loot, and they say, Coach, what, what do you want from my candy bag? First thing I go to is either the peanut M&Ms or the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup yep. is an incredibly solid selection. And we'll also roll Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. The minis, the you know, like oh, any, yes, yes. yeah, the little ones, you know, like the, 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 we're just know, talking like the, about the different sizes. Yeah. Well, they have like that little like quarter size, yeah. you know, that you can just kind of pop in your mouth. Um, I, I I'm counting that as a part of the Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh, all right. That's a solid one, two punch here. I don't know. What's the most successful one, two in recent draft history where nobody bombed at all. And you were like, damn, that was a solid number one and number two selection. Both of them ended up really well. 
I can't even remember the last time we I'm trying to think off the top of my head the last time we had a draft where number one was a hit and number two was a hit and both teams were really happy with what they got. Gonna keep thinking about that. You can tweet me. Uh all right, dub. I don't know if you've participated in the Halloween draft candy draft before. I participated last year right. as, as, a, as a newbie. As a but newbie, I, you, right didn't know, now, you didn't know the significance that you were stepping into I, well, at that point. Now in time. I fully, I fully understand the weight of this nowadays. But I feel like uh, in my fantasy draft, when Christian McCaffrey fell to me at number three, and I'm going with the Snickers, okay. And here's a pro tip, kiddos, for tonight: get all your chocolates, okay. But get, get separate them from the non-chocolates and throw those bad boys in the freezer for about 20 or 30 minutes because I, I I swear to God, there is nothing better on Halloween night than some frozen Snickers and some frozen Reese's and some frozen peanut M&M's. It just adds to the texture. I think it it's enhances a the move. flavor. It is a veteran move. And, and one more thing. If anybody on this show or callers included select candy corn, <laughs> is there any way we could ban them for life from this program? Because the, the candy corn has got to be the worst seasonal forget it is, candy it is food awful. in the human of in the history of mankind. It is disgusting. First of all, it's not even corn in any way. It's it's it, based it's, on the foundation it's a bad of lies. When you tell me I can have candy corn or real corn, I would much rather have real corn. Yeah. Oh, like no I would question. rather you give me. Like, God forbid, if you give me corn on the cob or, like, the Mexican corn on the cob. Yeah, street corn street here in corn, Southern whatever California. whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, like, I'm all in on that over the candy. And that's a big <laughs> indictment of the candy. If, if you would rather have the traditional food than the candy version of the food, it's a major indictment. By the way, Dub, on the, uh, the decision-making there that you just took number three overall. Uh, and so let me, re- let me reiterate, let everybody here who's just getting in their car – uh, number one overall draft pick, I took peanut M&M's. I think it's the superior. Danny G actually admitted that if he had had the number one pick, it's what he would have taken. You took the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yep. And then, Dub, you went with the Snickers. Now, would you agree, Dub? Now, you can't really do it during Halloween because of, you know, the fact that it would melt. Would you agree, even as a guy taking Snickers number three overall, that the ice cream Snickers is better than the traditional Snickers? Oh, big time. I would have to agree, and yeah. I think that in uh, that has to go with my decision to throw it in the freezer because if yeah. I can't have the ice cream Snickers, you know what? I, I still want it cold. It reminds me of the ice cream Snickers if bar, which is a fabulous dessert. If, like, you had Halloween in a super cold place and you could give out the actual ice cream Snickers and they wouldn't melt, right? Like, so I'm saying, like, I don't know. Where's the coldest place in the United States that people will be uh, will be trick-or-treating tonight? Anchorage. International Falls, Minnesota, isn't it always the coldest place? Maybe I don't. Is it cold in Anchorage right now? I don't even know. I'm all crossed over because the, all summer they were like, "Oh, it's super hot in Alaska." So where is the cold in the continental United States? Isn't it like International Falls, Minnesota, always the coldest place? Could you get away with giving? It's going to be cold in Nashville, so I know it's going to be cold lots of places all over the eastern part of the United States if it's cold in my hometown tonight uh, for for Halloween. It's got to be cold lots of places. Could you get away with giving the frozen Snickers because it's so cold that the kids wouldn't have their uh, – wouldn't have it – anyway, that would be the, <laughs> the, the incredible play. All right, number four overall pick, Eddie Garcia. You had 28 consecutive days of vacation before you had to make this selection. Hopefully you were pouring over your draft board. You were analyzing all the latest data to make sure that you didn't blow it with the number four pick here. Because now we're getting into an interesting region of the draft already where you can have a lot of overreach, but there's still a lot of quality, too. Hello. There we go. Thank you, Roberto. Yeah. Solid uh, start sorry. for you. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm at the mercy Very of Very Minnesota Vikings one. of you to not be ready. <laughs> I was when, ready. Roberto didn't have my mic on. Remember <laughs> when right. the Vikings got jumped? It was the Vikings, right? Well, speaking, who, of, speaking of the Vikings, uh, I would do a Herschel Walker-type trade to land my number one pick, which is the Reese's Peanut Butter Solid. Cup. I mean, look, <laughs> Danny G was – I think it's hard to beat the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup as a number two. Yeah. However, uh, I am thrilled that at the number four pick – that my number two rated candy is still on the board, <laughs> and that would be the Kit Kat. Solid. Nice. I, I had to say, picks so far really good. I'll let you d- explain the Kit Kat selection. 
Well, it's just, uh, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of that kind of, uh, I'm not a big caramel fan, so that excludes some of the candies that a lot of people do like, but uh, I, I love the chocolate and that crispy kind of cookie kind of thing. That going crunch on that yeah. you get when yeah, you break yeah, it yeah. apart. You got the four, the traditional four on the Kit Kat, right, where you can break each one of them off and you can be yeah. like, I'm only going to have 25%. I'm going to savor this, 50%, whatever it is. You put the rest in the refrigerator if you're trying to uh, trying to save it, not go right through. Uh, I think most of uh, Danny G, when you, I mean, uh, Eddie, when you eat it, are you a uh, break one off at a piece, or do you just like kind of savagely attack it and eat it all at once? I, I do break yeah. them off too. It makes that's me, how makes, a gentleman would eat a Kit Kat. That's true, and I am a gentleman, but it yeah. does also make you think there's more. Right? I agree. I've got four pieces of candy yes. here, not just one giant piece of candy. That's the yeah. way you have to eat the Kit Kat. My my older brother was always a Dick Cheney too. Instead of sharing it by <laughs> splitting it in half, he would just break off one little piece. Like, come on, man, break break it in half. Yeah, well, that would be fair. But also, I mean, there are some kids out there. They're probably all psychopaths, and they're going to end up in prison one day who just start to bite the whole thing across. <laughs> yeah. Instead of breaking it up into foursome, and I mean, that's just. I mean, again, we need to go ahead and put those people in prison now because they're going to be <laughs> failures in life, and we don't want them to take their. Uh, take their savageness out upon the rest of the uh, community. All right. Uh, real real quick, some history uh, to follow up on your number one draft pick that we would like to steal from you. Uh, M&M's came into existence in 41. The peanut M&M came to be in 1954. All right. I thought 41. I thought that seemed crazy that they could have had peanut M&M's in World yeah, War II. Yeah, that was the first Google search, but then as I dug deeper into it, 54 is when the peanut M&M debuted. Made its debut. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, uh, Eddie Garcia, uh, we just had the pick for number four. Now we've got Roberto coming in at number five. Pressure's on. With the fifth pick, <laughs> I'm taking the Twix. Twix. Oh, you know what? Twix. Kit Kat is the poor man's Twix. <laughs> How dare you, sir? It's an intriguing you know argument. I had two, it's a poor man's Twix. I had, I had, Come on, man. I, had, I have two fun-sized Twix right here in my hand. I was going to give them to you, and now <laughs> oh, you, man. you are not going to like, I like the attack here by yeah. Levy early on. The, the, the Twix accusing the Kit Kat of being the poor man's version of the Twix is I can see that argument, yeah. right? You have the same contribution of you have the break off the, 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 the double stick, so you think you're getting more. I got to say, I like the picks so far. I think Dub might have reached a bit with Snickers. <laughs> I think Dub maybe could have traded back and gotten Snickers still at, like, number five. Neither it's one of you Daniel guys Jones. would have taken Snickers, right? What's that? He's my Daniel Jones. He's your Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and when you know, you know. Dave Gettleman and uh, and Dub both just going for the guy that they believe in. All right. Uh, Wait a minute, Roberto. If you apologize for what you said about Twix, or excuse me, about Kit Kat, I will give you these Twix. I'm not apologizing, Eddie. You're not apologizing. Oh, apologizing. Wow. All right. I'll, I'll, then I will eat these in front of you. How do you like wow. that? Wow. Uh, Is it a king size version? <laughs> no, it's the mini ones. Okay. Just the, just the fun. Just have a, like, have yeah. a feeling these two teams will never work with each yeah, other again. <laughs> They're never going to be able to trade ever again. This is a, this is a, this is a black mark on the relationship between the Twix and the uh, Kit Kat for all time. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that. But there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be The Halloween candy draft here in the Geico Outkick Studios. By the way, I love when Angry Sports Guy sends me tweets. Like Angry Sports Guy is Chuck Wood. Tune into Fox Sports Radio this morning to try and get a breakdown of Game 7 in the World Series last night from Clay Travis. But instead, I have to hear a bunch of grown men draft Halloween candy. Do better! Sorry, Chuck. Sorry that during a three-hour show, we have not talked about Game 7 for all three hours of that show. Please forgive me, Chuck. Please, from the bottom of my heart, Chuck, just let me know that I feel so bad for letting you down, Chuck. The Nats won, by the way. Game 7. In case you're wondering, Chuck. Let's go to phones. Dub. Who's up first? Pick number six. All right, pick number six. We got Nick in New York. Nick in New York. Nick, what are you taking? Hey, good morning, guys. I got to go with the Butterfinger. I know it gets stuck in your teeth, and but still in my top five for sure. Thanks, guys. Well, you drafted six, thinking you're getting a value on Butterfinger, and I got to be honest with you, bad value. I think Butterfinger would have been there at 14. Who's up next? All right, we got Eddie in Houston. Eddie in Houston. What are you taking? Hi, I got a spin right here for you. It goes, it's Kit Kat, but it's the white chocolate. Oh, the white. Uh, I don't, that's actually a, thanks for the call. That's actually a, a a variation. Can you taste a difference between the white chocolate and the and the dark chocolate? Oh, definitely. You think so? Because like the peanut M&M, even though they're my number one overall pick, and even though I think like the color matters, there's no change in the taste based on the color of the peanut M&M, right? 
Yeah, that was what a lot of people complained about for, for years. I think another white chocolate bar that people are fond of, it's called the Zero Bar. You ever had one of those? No, I haven't. It's white fudge. I mean, I've had the white chocolate Kit Kat. I got to go with, I, I think that's a way overreach. That white, not to be that, ra- that white Snickers is is pretty amazing. Not to be racist, but I like the dark uh, Kit Kat better. No, coming from you, that's refreshing. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, who's next? Uh, we got Jose in Fremont. Jose, who you taking? What's up, Clay? Due to all your Raider hate raid, I'm going to overreach and take Sour Punch Raw, just like my Raiders reach with Farrell. What? I didn't even have any idea what he just said. What what candy bar did he do to your Yeah, I don't know I don't want your rationale. Just make your pick. The sour punch straw. It's a reek. Sour punch straw. Sour I didn't what is this? The draft has just gone completely off the board. I mean he could have gotten that in the third round. I'm not even sure that that our man who who was that who just drafted? No, it's Jose and Fremont. Jose, I'm not yeah. sure our man Jose and Fremont yeah. even knows what the draft is for. Take I the, sour, take the sour Patch kids way before those man, things, man. He might as well have drafted Bitto Honey right there. I just, I, what an unbelievable <laughs> pick. Uh, all right, uh, up next. Uh, we got Susan in Florida. Susan, what are you coming in for? No, I'm coming in for a Hershey bar, a plain Hershey bar. Yeah, you know, thanks for the call. I, I no, that, That's I'm for a, cooking. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. The only time I really go with the plain Hershey bar, personally, is when I'm making s'mores with the kids. Like, that's the only time. I understand, like, the traditional, you know, like, don't give me any frills. I just want the the, the old school candy bar. I'm betting the Hershey candy bar is, like, the oldest, the traditional candy bar that's available nationwide. If you're going to go with Hershey's, you got to go with the Hershey's cookies and cream. I just I I think the only time you go with Hershey's is if you're going to compare it with the marshmallow and the graham cracker and make a s'more. Clay, what are your feelings on the Mr. Good Bar, which is peanuts and the Hershey bar, basically? Yeah, the Mr. Good Bar is better. I mean, to me, the the rather than the Hershey's bar, I would go with the uh, with the Crunch Bar, right? Like the the Crunch Bar to me is very underrated in general uh, and makes a uh, makes a lot of sense. So. Uh, I would go with the Nestle Crunch. Who's up next? Uh, we got Dino in San Diego. Dino, where are you going? Hey, Clay. Um, Milky Way, the milk chocolate with the caramel. Yeah, that's awful. That's I'm, so- I'm sorry, Dino. Oh, I, hey, I don't Clay, know. I got one more. Hold on, Dino. Did you wake up? Are you wake? Are you up early this morning in San Diego? We lost Dino. What Dino needs yeah. to do, I hate to say it, is just go right back to bed, pull the covers over his head, and restart his day. Just an awful selection. Awful selection. All right, who's up next? Uh, we got Preston in Midland, Texas. Preston in Midland. What you got for me? Hey, Clay, good morning. Um, and, well, I wasn't going to say Butterfinger, but got taken. My backup is the York Peppermint Patty. I got to say, I don't know what the decision-making that's going on here is. <laughs> What's happening here? The York Peppermint Patty. That's like drafting Ryan Leaf number one four years after Ryan Leaf has already been out of the league. <laughs> And by the way, people were saying the best one-two combo we've had in the draft. A lot of people hit me with this on Twitter is uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, the Eagles have already won a Super Bowl, even though Carson Wentz wasn't playing in it, and Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. Both of them have gotten massive contract extensions. That's probably the best one-two combo. Uh, do we have time to get anybody else in? Yeah, we can go to Victor in LA quickly. Victor, fast. Yeah, let's go with the almond joy and the coconut. Sometimes you feel I like gotta be. I got to be honest with you guys. How old are these people? I mean, well, almond joy in its defense is better than a Milky Way. The entire last like ten picks that we've had in this draft, awful. I mean, true. Nobody even went Skittles. I mean, there's so much value out on the board right now. This is maybe the worst Halloween candy draft we've ever had. <laughs> Everyone outside of like the top five really Reese's pieces with themselves. Reese's Pieces are out there. I mean, there is so much value on this board. I hate all of you. This is OutKick. Happy Halloween. By the way, have you guys seen what's going on with Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns? Last night they got into a uh, shoving match. Not really a fight, but an NBA-style fight. They'll probably both be suspended a couple of games. A new version of load management. But Joel Embiid went on Twitter and Instagram last night, and he tweeted... Uh, at Carl Anthony Towns, 
that tough guy act ain't cutting it. You know what you are. You know what you've always been. All caps. A pussy willow. I'm adding the word willow there. Say it louder for people in the back. Been kicking your ass and pretty please make the playoffs before you talk. It's a known thing that I own you. All caps. And then he tagged Carl Anthony Towns. It also then spread onto Instagram, uh, which is uh, which is which is pretty wild uh, for all the things that are going to go uh, go on out there. And he accused uh, even more aggressively Carl Anthony Towns of being a uh, uh, a pussy willow. So uh, I think we have uh, Joel and B talking after the fight. If you missed this last night, while all the Game Seven action was going on, here's what Embiid had to say. Uh, well, first of all, I ain't no uh, <laughs> so nah, there was not a lot of talking, uh, you were kind of happened out of nowhere, you know, I just did what I had to do, and, uh, I was just, you know, trying to control myself, it happens. So, uh, that's Embiid in a much, uh, more, uh, interesting, uh, way he's been talking on Twitter and Instagram than what he said after the game there, but that took place last night in the event that you have missed it, and it spiraled into, uh, social media in a way, honestly, where the NBA may end up having to get involved, uh, in terms of what you can say on social media, because you couldn't say the things that Joel Embiid said about Carl Anthony Towns in a press conference without getting fined or suspended. So what are the rules? I mean, I think that's an intriguing question for Adam Silver to have to figure out. What are the rules about what players can say on social media compared to what they could say in a press availability? I don't know that that's really been talked about in a substantial way. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 